You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, you can flee the country, you can change your name, you tell your wife that genital wart will leave once Mercury retrograde is over. But nothing, nothing will save you from the watch list. How the hell are you, everybody? Howdy. Howdy. So, no, 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 Mercury retrograde is all, is it it over? Or is it almost over? I feel like it was only like a few days to go. Oh, that's still going on? Oh, yeah, it's a couple weeks. Holy. A couple weeks of hell. This is bugging, it's bothering me. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of bugs. It's just, you know, the little summer bugs that flew in here. Uh, so, you know, I should have looked that up before, before the show, <laughs> but, uh, this has been a rough one. I'm not gonna lie, guys. How's everybody doing out there? Good. Good? Up, oh, Mike fell. <laughs> and of course, we talk about Mercury, Mercury Retrograde all the time, you know, forces us to, uh, take tally of what's happened in, in the past calculate how we got to the present and then look to the future and sometimes it's really hard to do it's a bitter pill but for some of us it's very empowering it's like well hell yeah we're on the right track um i think i've only had like a little bit of weird stuff happen actually hasn't been that bad that's good like weird shit happens to me all the time so it really doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) yeah kind of does weird shit does happen oh man it does. Mm, but so good. it's like, a, you know, I don't know. Just another day in the life for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I uh, feel like retrograde always makes things come to a head. Any issues we have in life anyways. It does. It makes you deal with them. You know, I was thinking about this show and I really, really want to revisit Tara the Android right now. Oh. <laughs> That was, <laughs> I still want to call, you know what? I will send this guy an email <laughs> just to see if he would do a spoof robo feminine hygiene product. You had to dig tear up from the basement. For those of you that don't know, we got pretty silly on the last show about tear the Android. Tear the Android is a very creepy video on YouTube of a dental mannequin moving and singing a song that this gentleman wrote that only has one lyric and it keeps going, I feel fantastic. And it's, it's probably not the tune, but it sings it over and over and over. Fantastic. Did, do you have it on your phone now? Did you download it as a ringtone? <laughs> I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. It's like the remix. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were going to do the... Uh, golly, there's a lot of bugs. Uh... We're going to do the R. Kelly remix where he pisses on the robot and it bursts into flames. Um, oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. That's in there, too. I like how you're able to get your face closer to the screen now, Holly, without being too creeped out. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it puts you in a trance. It does because you keep on listening. Like, yeah. Whoa, 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 okay, what? Watch. what? What? What are Why we did you go like this? Oh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm like fast forwarding it with my finger. She's making and the, she's the like robot dance, rolling her head around like the Exorcist. <laughs> The reason why there's, there's a lot of lore behind this video that's been debunked, but, you know, this guy, he, he's filming this robot that he built in his living room, and in the midst of the video, there's random zoom-ins to the backyard on nothing. Nothing but trees. So there was this, uh, you know, for those of you who didn't listen to the last show, I'm sorry, I have to revisit this, it's too good, is that the theory is that He's a serial killer. The clothes that the robot, Tira, is wearing are of his victims. And the zoom-ins on the backyard is where he buried the bodies. Oh, my God. Quit, Holly. <laughs> now she's getting into weirder territory. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So, but upon debunking, there was a, it's been revealed that someone probably... Added the zoom-ins just to be more creepy. He legitimately wanted to take this robot on the road as the first android superstar. And we made the argument, like, she's got wires coming out of her ass. She can't dance too far from the outlet, for one thing. (laughs) It's like Chuck E. Cheese on tour, is what it is. She's creepy, but then there's also this video I found mm. that's 10 haunted dolls caught on tape. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. Let me turn up the volume. Holly dives into that weird part of the internet real fast. In this video, a YouTuber yeah. called Spunk Flunk talks to his camera. What he doesn't notice is that the doll he in the background spunk? moves. Well, how convenient that there's just one random doll in the corner and nothing else in the room. This video is slightly different from the others. It doesn't appear to show any paranormal activity, but I still find this video to be genuinely chilling. What? 25 years ago, found a doll, not just any doll. How spooky have you found having possession of this doll? Very spooky. Why? Just lots of funny things have happened. Um, Things falling off walls, people being afraid, um, people just not wanting to come into the house where he is or in the room or anything like that. It's just a very, very spooky doll. You have brought the doll. It's I haven't seen this yet, and our and Lena, our spiritual uh, consultant, has not seen the doll and will give us a reading. Would you like to show us yes. your doll? I want us to start vibrating. Mm. He's not too attractive. <laughs> That's a dude well, doll. What have you? Oh, what weird eyes. Uh, what have you found out about this doll? How old is it, and where was it made? It's about two hundred years old, and it was supposed to be made in. Eastern Europe. That was a really mean look at its face. Actually, older. Uh, it's got braids. Are you sure it's a dude? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Eastern Europe. That's what they say. Mm. The doll is original, a couple of hundred years old, from Eastern Europe. Why is he sort of so evil? What weird things have happened? 
Well, we had him at the supermarket. We are doing a show at a supermarket, and there was one lady that uh, was coming through the supermarket. She mm. didn't see the doll or anything, and she just said something was very, very evil, and she, she actually screamed and passed out, and they took her off to hospital. Uh, strange things like that. Uh, one medium we took it uh, took him to. Um, I like those videos that, messing uh, up too. She'd done a few things with him <laughs> over the years. Ecstatic. And she actually uh, rang me up the other day and said, "I don't want no more to do with the doll because um, I'm having lots of bad luck and I feel this can't, the vibes are coming from the doll." Why don't you get just get rid of the doll? You found it in the base of the house 25 years ago. Why don't you just get rid of it? I can't. Just, oh, I think this I'm is how people before, feel about their kids before they abandon them at supermarkets home, and malls. I like, I just have been having bad luck with this kid. And uh, <laughs> I'd advertised him, and I took him to the place a lady had rung me and wanted to buy it, and I tried to uh, take him out of the car, but I just, I, I don't know, I just couldn't take him out. It was, it was really weird. <laughs> What? I just I just imagine he's talking about his child. He's like I could I tried to get rid of this doubt, but I couldn't because I when I went to go pick it up, I'm a I good couldn't father. get it out of the car. I'm a good father. Here, my, let me throw it out. My, my wooden boy. <laughs> Pinocchio. You know, uh, golly, golly mercy. Okay, so I still want because Holly came up with a great idea to... Because uh, I'm sure Terry the Android's sitting in his basement collecting dust, right? But this could be a huge opportunity, as Holly put it, to have a feminine product <laughs> for your robot. <laughs> what did you say? She was doing hurdles over cars and oh, oncoming yeah. traffic, rainbows spurting from her badge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is yeah. your robo girl not in the mood? <laughs> I'm not feeling so fresh. <laughs> not feeling so fresh. Try our product. You need the oil change. I'm gonna email <laughs> this dude. New tampons by Tara the Android. Tara tampons. Strong Tara enough tampons. for a robot, made for a woman. <laughs> Strong enough for Skynet. Uh so, dude, if uh, she queefed at you, you'd be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It was, let's see. It was quiet. I'm finally home. I'm finally home uh, after traveling so much. So, you know, got, uh, got a lot of writing done. I'm working on a tabletop game of all things um which was it's an excellent opportunity for a deep water game so it's a new medium that i'm not uh, familiar with um with writing and um i'm working with other writers and they brought me in for content editing so i have been writing the way i know how to write which i started with a, a fictional character and sort of made this monologue introducing uh the players to this tabletop game and i'm still Trying to, like, of course, you got to get down pat exactly how to play the game. So I wrote it out twice, all the rules, to make sure that I was familiar and wrote within those bounds. So uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, it's called Sovereign Skies. And yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I've been hardcore into a book recently, which I want to talk about, which is The Law of Attraction, The Basics. Uh, of the teachings of Abraham. 
Now, this is by Esther and Jerry Hicks, and they are a husband and wife team who are really into manifestation, meditation, and creating your own reality, uh, bringing what you want into reality. Because, I mean, their theory, and this is kind of a universal theory, if you can really imagine it, it nine, it's very, very possible. And it can be possible, and people just do not allow themselves um, to receive the possible, what they want, what they want to manifest. And so um, the, interesting, the interesting thing is in the beginning of this book, going into it, I thought they meant the biblical Abraham. They don't. In the 80s, when they were really uh, experimenting with uh, deep meditation, she started to, I guess, channel through, break through, and she started speaking to, this is Esther, um, her spirit guide and asking questions. And her spirit guide's name was Abraham. And there is a moment in the book, and this sounds crazy, where she begins to move her head around um, and her with her nose in the air, sort of pointing with her nose. And she is saying, I, I think I'm spelling the alphabet with my nose. Um, and so as she sort of goes along, like in, in sequence of these sort of nose taps. Um, her husband, Jerry, is... This is so staticky. Um, is taking note of what letters that she's pointing to, and he begins to type. And the first thing he types is, I want to type, I want to type, I want to type, I want to type, is what she keeps saying over and over again. Um, so when they do switch to... There's interviews with her spirit guide in here. When they switch to that mode, they actually say and italicize, you know, this is Abraham speaking. Uh, but, you know, aside from all the hoodoo and what you want to believe, what you choose to believe, everything in this book is pretty much universal logic, but it's something to be reminded of, too. And it gives meditation workshops and... Um, it also says that behind every intention, behind every manifestation you want, there has to be a strong emotion. And when I say a strong emotion, you have to just totally remove any negative thought, any self-doubt. And that's the hardest thing to do, especially when you're doing a 15 to 20 minute meditation a day. And even throughout your day, they say, if you feel, if you think about this thought, this thing you want to manifest, and you have one moment of negativity, self-doubt, you know, and that's natural, don't deny the thought. Switch it. You switch it to, to thinking about something completely different. Because the more you give energy to a thought, of course, the law of attraction, the more, of course, that equal you know, vibration comes onto your wavelength. And then there you go. You've just manifested you know, a roadblock to what you actually want. So, and nothing comes overnight, nothing comes easy, but um, I really, really, really enjoy this book. I'm almost finished with it. Um, my, of course, James Scalzi wanted to borrow it. Uh, really, really good, and it has been kind of a life changer. I really, really like it. So, uh, and I totally believe in the law of attraction, uh, and I do believe in manifesting, and I do believe that we are our own worst enemies, especially in our minds. Um, so, great book. Also, uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. I just got the Source Point Press Presents Volume 1 Sci-Fi Anthology, in which I do have a story in here about the Mandela Effect 
and Mayan prophecy and all the shit that we talked about. So there's a short story in here about that. It is called The Static People. And um, if, of course, we talked about The Nightmare uh, a lot on this show, the documentary. And the opening scene is an homage to uh, The Nightmare. And um, this story I actually wrote over a uh, course of uh, three lunch hours at work. And Seth the Moose illustrates it. Mira Mortal has uh, lettered it. But Seth said it was the first time that he started illustrating a script that wasn't finished. The script is not edited. And it was just a crazy deadline. We were rushing to it. And he just said, here, just give me half the story. And just keep sending it to me as you have it. And we will pump this out. We will get this done. He did a fantastic job. Um, the art is stands apart from all of the other art in the book. It does give sort of a newspaper feel. And that was something at first when I was cruising through, I was like, man, am I, are we in a little misplaced here? But, you know, uh, Garrett Gunn, who put this together, he's another writer for Source Point Press, um, said it was a breath of fresh air. He's glad that it's different. You know, thick black borders, just like a newspaper. I'm really, really proud of this piece. Really proud of Seth the Moose. I couldn't, uh, and, and Mira Mortal as well, two fantastic people in the industry. And, uh, but yeah, that is Source Point Press uh, presents Anthology Volume 1. And the cover looks like a tarot card, which I think is pretty dope. And that is uh, available on Amazon. And I think, yes, sourcepointpress.com. And I will have it this Wednesday at Big Ben's Comics Oasis in Allen Park, Michigan. I will be there from 3 to 8 signing. And I will have a limited amount of copies. But yes, everything we've talked about on the show, from the nightmare to static people to Mayan prophecy to the Mandela effect, it is all contained in this six-page story. So, when yeah. Did, when did you say it's available, or when are you going to sell it? This Wednesday. This Wednesday? Yep. Uh, Big Ben's Comics Oasis in Allen Park on Allen Road from 3 to 8. Get you a copy. Get your copy now. Ask your local uh, comic book stores. To get in, yep, uh, yeah, because uh, Diamond previews—they're uh, not carrying the source book anthology yet, but they will be. Ca- they ca- ugh, excuse me, Nora one through three is now available to order into your comic book store. Uh, please add it to your pull list. We are having an issue with—well, um, not an issue. I shouldn't say that because that's negative context. But um, people are saying that it's been sold out wherever they go. It's hard to reorder, but so long as you keep demanding it, we can keep supplying it. So we're trying to keep up with the demands here, but please don't stop demanding, Nora. Um, and this is a great problem to have, and it's very temporary. So again, uh, add Nora by source po- through Source Point Press. Um, uh, tell your comic book shops to add it to your playlist. Sorry, I went stoned stupid for a second. <laughs> so anyway, so there you go. <laughs> So do you remember a year ago on this show when, gosh, it had to be like one of the very first episodes I talked about the two assassins that killed Kim Jong-un's half-brother in an airport and they were poisoned by two female assassins. And I remember after reading the article, you looked at me and said, how does one become an assassin? That sounds like a really cool job. Female assassin, like how badass does that sound? Like a femme fatale. Femme fatale. How do you get into that line of work? 
Well, they're on trial now. Like, how do you make those connections? <laughs> you know, I, I got to read this article because when I saw it, I'm like, wow, they're finally on trial. Like, to me, I thought that Kim Jong Un put them up to it. Um, so I got this from NPR. Judge cites a well-planned conspiracy in Kim Jong-nam's death. Two women accused of killing Kim Jong-nam, the estranged half-brother of North Korea's dictator, will remain in custody after a judge in Malaysia on Thursday said there is enough evidence of a well-planned conspiracy to move the case forward. The two women, 25-year-old Siti Asaya, an Indonesian national, and 29-year-old Doan Thing Hung, a Vietnamese national, allegedly smeared the ban nerve uh, agent VX... On Kim's face in the airport of Kuala Lumpur, uh, Malaysia, in February 2017. Kim died in 20 minutes. Although there has never been any definite proof, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is widely believed to have ordered his brother's execution. Of course, they're the women under the bus. Uh, The women say they were tricked into participating in the attack and thought it was part of a reality TV show prank. Four North Korean men have also been charged as a part of the death, but left they left Malaysia the morning of the attack and remain at large. Trial judge uh, Esme uh, called the murder of Kim a well-planned conspiracy between the women and the four North Koreans at large, according to Reuters, uh, which reports that the judge called upon the two women to prepare a defense for a trial to be held sometime uh, in November and January. Um, so here's a, here's a thought. If I do think Kim Jong-un had something to do with it because if he was really vengeful at the idea, he's Kim Jong-un. These bitches would have fried a long time ago. They wouldn't be alive. Right. So now that they are under a Malaysian jurisdiction, I mean, that had to have happened later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, how did you make it out alive? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So the well-planned conspiracy here is that he planned to throw these bitches under the bus for a while. Because if you remember back then when I read that article, there was not a peep out of the wounds. Uh, the whole dynasty. Like, Okay. I love that they said that they thought it was um, a reality show TV, TV show because <laughs> uh, everyone knows that they don't allow anything that's funny there. <laughs> they don't allow Ashton Kutcher in there. <laughs> we just got punked. <laughs> we pretend like we're going to kill you. And then those other dudes, like nowhere to be found, which are probably Kim's buddies. Uh, more than likely. Let the chicks fry. They don't have a soul. <laughs> I feel bad for these ladies. I do. Uh, Because I do believe that they were hired assassins and reality TV show plank. Couldn't come up with anything better than that. That was (laughs) at least slightly like, I don't know, believable. No. Okay. Reality TV show it is. And they're still alive, like you said. So being that he's a dictator and not really the nicest one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, there's worse. There's been gang. Why would they still be alive? (laughs) Right. They they wouldn't. Right. There'd be no question. They'd they'd be. He's a dictator. He can do whatever the hell he wants to. They wouldn't be alive. Right. I think that he handed them over to the Malaysian court. I really, really think so. I wouldn't doubt 
And he was like, here, you do, you deal with them because they did, they did me a favor, but they're in your hands now. And I'm sure they're a lot more merciful than Mm. the North Korean. Well, obviously, I don't know if they were going to get sent to a death camp, but they're going to, they're going away. That's for damn sure. Well, yeah. I feel bad for these ladies. They got punked hard. (laughs) Terrible. They didn't really end up in the best assassin situation. No, they didn't. But I'm telling you. This never happens in the movies. Right. The hell. And they weren't in leather cat suits looking like Charlize Theron. (laughs) (laughs) Doing backflips like Aeon Flux. They wouldn't know that shit, unfortunately. Uh, But, yeah, as soon as I read that article, I was like, I remember how. Holly was like, how does one become an assassin? Because that just sounded so cool the way you said that. Two female assassins. <laughs> I mean, took them down in the airport. I do love that they're female, but. <laughs> it's like female serial killers. Like, that makes you eat popcorn even faster. You're like, ooh, go on. Oh, she killed her ex boyfriend. Why was he cheating? Did she cut his dick off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt. But he didn't die. He became a porn star. That didn't guy. they like sew that thing back on? They did. Like, some how does some his guy dick found it in a field. He found the dick in a field. Found your dick. Do you want it back? Well, like, not really. Like the cop that found it, like I'm bringing in the penis. <laughs> <laughs> what is he holding it on his shoulder? I got evidence. How big is, is it? The walkie. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like. You have one hand out further, one hand like towards your shoulder. I'm like, dang, how big is this thing? He is a porn star now, you said, right? So <laughs> Yes, he is. He had it reattached. <laughs> He's like carrying it over his shoulder. I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm just curious to see what his dick looks like. Um, all sewn back together. Are we gonna look up this this penis? <laughs> like a raggedy animal. Why is all these uh these porn movies Frankenstein penis? <laughs> Franken <laughs> Frankenweenie! <laughs> He's got all the like weird. That, that was the inspiration for Frankenweenie. Was Lorena? Yeah, like when it gets erect, it goes like like one of those um those things that blow in the wind. The dolls. <laughs> <laughs> a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing yeah, tube man. Goes back and that's forth, what the like, penis you know. looks like. Yeah. That's how that's how they found it in the field because it was standing erect and it was like I'm over here. <laughs> Do I got a deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um how <laughs> how long can a penis be in the field before <laughs> before it has to be reattached like how long does it take us for nerves and stuff to die uh i feel like so many questions uh, unanswered well if it still has like the i, feel like I don't know i'm a, gonna act like i'm I a feel like doctor this be like and a pro Jeopardy question. <laughs> it should be. I mean, if they can reattach a dick and make that work, because obviously it's working, he does porn. So how come they can't just reattach limbs and everyone's like, oh, I'm good, I'm walking now. <laughs> right, full range of motion. I mean, I would think that baby would have to be on ice for him. <laughs> and saved. You know? Well, they, I don't know what the weather was like. Maybe it was snowing. <laughs> <laughs> was it? I can't remember. It was a cold day. Should I Google, I was it cold outside shot. when Lorena Bobbitt yes. hacked off his cock? <laughs> yes. 
I want to know what the I want to know the forecast. It was Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> if I go to jail, guys, that's what I'm going to jail for. <laughs> hey, go big or go home. Hmm. Uh. So while you're looking that up, what else we got? Oh, hang on, hang on. Um, <laughs> just a stupid story. Go for <laughs> it. No, the, what we just said was not a stupid story at all, Holly. That was very serious. I'm mean, a stupid personal story. <laughs> um. So I went on my lunch break. Oh, it was June. It would have gotten all soggy and stuff. Damn. Mm. Sorry. Mm. I got all excited. No, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> it's like, like a snail. Mm. And they, <laughs> oh, hopefully <laughs> uh. no animal found that thing first. Right? <laughs> mm, dinner. <laughs> Protein. Mm. <laughs> so we got it back. But it's a little she chucked, She chucked it out the window like a cigarette. Just like. <laughs> Are they, you don't need this. Because she did it at home, right? And then she got her car and threw it out the window. Yeah, she just said <laughs> insult to injury. Just like, flick, fuck you. <laughs> Damn. What does it feel like to throw a penis out a window? I mean, if he was. <laughs> if she flicked it. He wasn't packing much. So, uh, <laughs> if she flicked it. I just imagine her, like literally like flicking it. Yeah. He got like a penis <laughs> enlargement while they were reattaching it. Like, can you throw a couple inches yeah, in there like, and um, just stretch the skin? Maybe there's a robotic part in there. I don't know. They put like a Sharpie marker in there. <laughs> just like pull the skin Why does over? black goo come out? <laughs> they threw like uh, the main part of the rabbit in there and it just twists around and around. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh. So I was going to say that I, <laughs> I was just trying to buy time, but um, <laughs> uh, I used to go to, you know, her Wendy's a lot. So I knew the guy there and he's older. I mean, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> he's older. Bam. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's funny. Just because, like, I used <laughs> What man? I used to. Ha! <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like, I used to go to Wendy's all the time. Like it was a once a week event. Like, hey, it's Saturday. Holly's coming in. <laughs> no, but you know, it's such an old person thing. <laughs> I, am, I am old. <laughs> they know we had Wendy's. <laughs> she is like, I killed Casey. She is dead. <laughs> You broke her. Fix her. Fix her, Holly. You broke it, you fix it. It's chilly Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) They know we have to win these. And I'm like farting all the way home. (laughs) Like an old person. But you were farting on the way in like (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those people who was like, I pulled up to the window and there was an old person. You're old. What are you talking about? (laughs) Who goes to Wendy's anymore? (laughs) <laughs> Richard, how are those babies doing? <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. But I, I used to go to Wendy's quite often. So, <laughs> yes, it became like I 
I had uh, I had a problem because once once the fast food people know who you are, it's a problem. <laughs> when they can tell just by your voice, there's a problem. Hi, Holly. Welcome so uh, back. I, oh, I always know. I always know that. Uh, Here's your four piece nugget and size Caesar salad. <laughs> Is this iceberg finish? <laughs> Holly? I yeah. can't chew these croutons, Sam. <laughs> Could you crush them? So I I can tell it's him, too, when he talks on the mic in the uh, hey speaker. Because, no, it's like, <laughs> hi, how are you? You know, kind of voice. Touch, touch. <laughs> <laughs> but I can always tell it's him. And um, so he's... He's always been like into me, <laughs> and he's tried to hit on me before. And I mean, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I ran into him at Meyer not too long ago by my house, and he stopped me while I was there, and I didn't even realize it was him. And then he was, and then I it took me a minute. I'm like, oh my god, that's the uh, Wendy's guy. He's even seeing me at freaking Meyer. This is too much. I mean, maybe he was really You need to you. move, man. That's the thing yeah. about Downriver, man. The same 13 people on rotation. <laughs> it's the same 13. You, you could wind up dating your cousin if you live downriver. You need to so, move, Holly. <laughs> I mean, this happened at McTaco Bell, too, where the, <laughs> the guy knew me, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's happened at the KFC one time too. <laughs> Holy shit! Girl, you need to start cooking. This is picking up stalkers I, I, I the ran into the places. KFC guy at Target. This is back. This is back a while ago. I've been eating healthy pretty much, but I'm not judging. I'm just saying for your own damn safety. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't been to the Wendy's in a minute. Fast food stalkers. <laughs> this is your segment of the show. So, anyways, the whole point of the story was. That I ordered my food and it was him at first, and then some girl gets on at the end, and I was like, okay. And then uh, I pull up, and the girl's at the window, and I'm like, okay, that guy's not there. He's probably in the back. I won't have to see him. So I give her my money, and then uh, <laughs> then I'm about to leave, and then all of a sudden he comes to the window and he's like, hi. <laughs> Yeah, here's your nugget. We had no more like interaction. (laughs) I mean, because I already gave the money and I got the food, so it was just funny. He ran up to the window. He's like, "It's nice to see you." I mean, it's always nice seeing you, but I just want to say hi. And I'm like, "Hi." And he's (laughs) he's like, "Um, you know, I'm I'll probably see you up at your work sometime." And keep in mind, I'm in my scrubs because I'm at my veterinary technician job today, and I had my name tag on. I wear my name tag at work, and it says my workplace on it. And I'm like thinking, what? You, what do you mean? Like, I didn't say this to him. Do you have a second? I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> or you're just gonna stalk me, and you're just letting me know ahead right. of time I'm like, you're gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like thinking, what, what do you mean? Like, are you taking your pet up there or something? And then he goes, you know, I love pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where did that come like, from? I don't know. He thought it worked. <laughs> Did he, like, did he see them in your cart? No. No. <laughs> what the hell? So then I was like, nobody professionally cooks pizza rolls. <laughs> I mean, what? Hey, I don't I, know. You've never had my pizza rolls. So then I was like, <laughs> you're right. Uh, yep. And he goes, uh, yeah, I love, I love pizza rolls. So I'm sure oh I'll see God. you at work sometime. I'm like, does he think I work at a pizza place? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
Oh, you mistook me for the chick at Pizza Hut. I should have been like, oh, you who, you messing around with some other chick? Yeah. Some other chick <laughs> She's, coming up He's here? been at the hut getting some butt. <laughs> <laughs> we, call it, we call it butt hut. <laughs> I, so now I, I feel like I was coming. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm going to go up to people and be like, hey, it's great seeing you. I love pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> How about pizza rolls? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got any pizza rolls in the back? Just <laughs> taking a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a porno, doesn't it? So I love some pizza. This isn't a pizza place. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's got the box over his dick, and he's like, "We're gonna need a bigger box." It becomes Jaws. <laughs> I love pizza rolls. I'm like. I still don't understand what happened. <laughs> I don't either. But that's yeah, hilarious. Okay, like, bye. <laughs> I like pizza rolls. I love you. I love you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I like, I know. I mean, I laugh a lot, anyways. But I notice that when I'm in an awkward situation and it's a little uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me, I laugh even Your whole more. Life? So I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> pizza rolls. <laughs> okay. You get like a geisha. <laughs> pizza rolls. Pizza rolls. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm just that's so awkward. Uh, <laughs> see how you work. I love pizza rolls. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I should be like that's awesome. I should say something to him like totally wacky. Yeah, if I ever run into him at Meyer again, well, I'm sure I'll see you at your work. I love subs. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't have subs there, or say something totally off the wall. Uh, he high fives you. Yeah, that's the spirit. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I love bowling. <laughs> I do love embalming fluid. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so, can yourself survive death? And what I mean by self, I mean your consciousness. So, post death, could you upload your consciousness to a like a yeah you know a memory stick, and then no. go on after death? No. 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 no that, we don't have that, that yet. Be, uh, we might. I mean, not after you die because duh, everything's fucking dead. So. Well, the internet doesn't think so. Uh, what? According to LiveScience.com. Here we go. Does the, well, first of all, does the self really exist? The answer depends on what you mean by self and on the expert with whom you speak. Some philosophers suggest there is no such thing as self. While others consider a self to be a collection of experiences, memories, personality traits, still others suggesting per, uh, suggest persisting patterns of information represent the self. And while these definitions require a brain, some people suggest that the self transcends the physical realm and instead is or involves some sort of non-physical, spiritual, or cosmic consciousness. Uh, such contrasting views and thoughts on self do not uh, converge, but let's not stop there. 
What do these musings on the self mean for death, the demise of the body, and the destruction of the brain? Can the self survive? And could your self be uploaded to another brain, even if it's a non-biological one? So the science of self is when um, there's a, a, a philosopher uh, from Notre Dame says that when I talk about myself, myself is just me. I already have the words I and me. Why do I need the additional word self? Is there this thing that isn't me, but is myself? If not, why why not just call it me? Uh, Galen Strauss, and a philosopher at the University of Texas at Austin and the author of the book Selves, an essay in revisionary metaphysics, has identified 50 different uses of the word self. He constructs two categories, metaphysical selves, what selves are, how they last, and experimental selves, how long you feel they last. Um. So there is this question of self and time as well. Many people, when they look back, they think, that's me back there 5, 10, 15 years ago. And similarly, in viewing the future, though more vaguely, other people live in a completely different way. Uh, They don't look back six months and and think, I don't find myself there. And they don't think much about the future. Um, So the requirements of self... um, it links uh, people's identities over time to a sense of I at any particular time. So the deep question is, what makes us a first person being in the instance? How can I assign a succession of experiences to the ident- to the entity of self? So the biggest question is, can self survive after death? So first of all, <clears throat> before I read this part, a collection of memories and because some, you know, you're talking to, you know, let's say someone a little more uh, from the religious school of thought. They're going to say, you know, um, self is the soul. Whereas we see self, Holly and I probably, as consciousness, thoughts and feelings. So if you think that you can, we would like to hear your thoughts on self. Uh, Studio 3, please call 248 579 Five two six zero. Uh, if you have any insight on what you believe self is, is it the, is it the soul? Is it uh, a collection of memories, streams of consciousness, and can it go on after death? And that's we did talk about how the German um, physicist—I forget his name. Goodness gracious—did uh, determine that life does go on after death. We just go into different forms of energy, but everything is consciousness. I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> I can't either, but like one of my clients at work said, it's interesting to think that every molecule, uh, every molecule that makes up everything around us, even this microphone that's in front of me is, is just that it's, it's made up of molecules and there's a certain consciousness that surrounds it. And even if you look under a microscope at isolated molecules, once they know that they are being observed, they do behave differently. So everything around us is alive. So that would have to include our thoughts, memories, even our brain matter, so on and so forth. So what do you think <clears throat> what do you think of self? You said thoughts and memories? I think it's a stream of consciousness. I think do I believe you could upload that to a flash drive? Maybe it sounds like 
gosh, what is that? Um, after Battlestar, after Battlestar Galactica, they had Caprica, and that's exactly what it was. He, uh, Eric Stoltz's character, takes his daughter's consciousness, everything she is, uploads it to a memory card, and puts it into a robot. And of course, that start- kickstarts the world of Battlestar Galactica because it's a prequel. Um. So this they've been toying with this idea for a long time. So that'd be like me making a copy of your stream of consciousness. You don't realize you've died. Suddenly you wake up in a robot body. I'm like, sorry, that other shell of flesh is dead now, but you're still here because you are self. That bag of flesh was not you. You, your stream of consciousness, every memory that you have Every thought you've ever thought, every cognitive ability, everything you've ever learned makes up a self that is being housed in something that can die. But self doesn't die. So let's preserve that. And most people would call that a soul that's getting into religious territory. But that's an interesting thought because it's not the body that you miss when somebody dies. It's them. It's the self. So this whole idea could sort of kickstart this, I don't know, because there's the argument too, are you cloning a self? Is that does 100% of what was downloaded from the body or copied, does that all translate over? I don't know. Like I could upload you into a robot and you could be like, yes. Jeremy's my boyfriend. Yes, I work here, X, Y, Z. But who are you? And look at me. And I'm your best friend. <clears throat> to me, <clears throat> I can't talk to me. To me, the self is, yeah, a, a series of thoughts. Um, the way that we react, uh, our personalities. I don't think it's just ideas as far as or I don't think it's I don't think it's like your biography as far as this is who I am. I am a blonde that's this tall and my name is this and this is my fan, you know. Right. Aesthetic <clears throat> aesthetic but, traits. Yeah, those are just outward things that people can tell. <clears throat> but no one knows exactly what's going on in your brain and how how you think and what your feelings and that's really what makes a person. That's what makes us different. Right. I mean, we all have family members. We all have names. We all have a certain appearance to us, but how we react in, um, and t- taking things and is really what makes us. And how would they do the process too? I just think that, like, I want my life to go on, so I want you to make a copy of my <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It wouldn't be neurotransmitters; those are just signals to the brain. <sighs> Weird. I I'm actually excited by this idea, but it creeps me out a little bit. I feel like they're always trying to push things. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, nobody wants to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the purpose of keeping around just for other people? Yeah, it's for our own selfish reasons. That's all it is. 
I can't live without you, so I want to keep some weird, creepy thing about you. I think someone's calling. Podcast? Yeah, you are. Who is this? Well, you had just. Oh, this is one of your uh, biggest fans. <coughs> and you guys were talking about uploading. Uh, oh, Scott. Jer- Jeremy Hansen's personality into a robot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott. Super curious about what kind of robot this would be. <laughs> would, it, would it be like a, a short, stubby robot with a great center of balance that could do all kinds of spins or like a... No, it's like an R2-D2. It just kind of rolls around. <laughs> like an R2-D2? It just rolls around and beefs at people. Oh. <laughs> well, well, that's good because R2-D2 was a robot everyone liked. He yeah. Super annoying, so. he, no, he, what, he, he carried the message. <laughs> he was the reason oh. that he he kickstarted Star Wars. If you look at it, I know you're not you're not going to get all emotional on this on the podcast about carrying the message, are you? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, how are you, Scott? Oh, I'm doing okay. That's good. Scott's into uh, the stuff that we're into t- as well, and um, actually, I've talked to Scott before about Casey. You met Scott, yes, um, and. We've actually talked about how he wants to come on a future show because he has a lot of ideas. Sure. Why not? Get your way us on here. Oh. Oh, all right. The door is always open, my friend. <laughs> He's like, oh, me? So, what, me? so, Scott, what to you is self? If I was to just ask you point blank. You know what? I, I, think, I, think, um, I think your consciousness can carry on after your body and certain like reincarnation ideas. You believe what? What was yeah. it again? I, I think I think your I think your soul slash consciousness can carry on and be recycled. I think there's something to reincarnation. Okay, you said you used the word can. Um, Correct. Now, now, do you mean can not, as not in that? Can, not a physical can, not like a can of soup. Like no, I understand that, but I mean. You, you you didn't say a definite. It actually does without help, so well, it is possible. Yes. Okay. I feel like I feel like um, I feel like there is a different uh, like. Well, yeah. I I I'm probably not articulating myself right now, but there's probably a different level of energy that. You know, all of us, you know, once our physical selves go away, our, probably our consciousness stays together at some point. At, at some point. Like you said, you could, you could probably, like, bottle that up someday when we get the technology and download it to a robot. How do you feel about that idea? Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh yeah, well that, that's my idea. I feel like it's. I'm sorry. I, how, how do you guys feel about that idea? It's it excites me. I was just telling how this excites me, but for my own selfish reasons, because it's like okay, well then what? 
You know, I mean, sometimes people just need to pass away, even themselves, and then sort of go into the natural next form of energy, whatever that is. So I I understand people wanting to be comforted by something. Um, I don't obviously think that you're going to replicate someone by recording things about them. It's not it's just not going to happen. It's not going to bring them back, you know. And I feel like everyone wants to keep people around too long and they hold on to the idea because they can't cope a lot of times. Right. And there's a person in particular I can think of that I won't say their name because I don't want to put it out there. But uh, this person just won't let go of the idea of this man that passed away that she's constantly trying to connect with psychics and stuff to bring back this Aww. dead person. But it becomes like an obsession. It's not just like, you know, she, it's always she needs to go to the next psychic, the next psychic, the next psychic. And it's, it's her draining all her money to connect to something. And she can't even have relationships with, you know, that's, Oh, I feel so bad for her. That's terrible. That is terrible. Yeah. But that's like selfishness from that those people that won't let other people go and that's things they can't get over. But that doesn't really have to do with like the recycling of souls and like going on and like Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not saying it's good or bad or you know, like you I don't know if you're going on to the next life to better yourself or whatever. But um I mean, I definitely think there's some weird things with, like, people having repressed memories of, you know, of things that have been proven true, but there should be no way on earth that they should have knowledge of those events. So, like, I, I don't really think you can discount those. I mean, I, I believe that there is a um, a chance of reincarnation uh I guess I was, Casey, what you're saying is that they're trying to, in this life, take bits and pieces from people and try to say that they can. They just, they want to sort of uh, download their, let me read this part, because this is, this is the argument. Can the self survive death? So most philosophers of the mind, while stressing their disagreements, share the same opinion on the core fundamental that whatever the self may or may not be. So there still is this argument over what the hell self is. Um, it is entirely dependent on the brain and thus entirely physical and entirely devoid of non-physical pretensions. Uh, even so, I recognize two categories of the claims that the self can transcend the brain. One claim assumes that consciousness is supernatural. Uh, the second is that it's based on religious doctrines. Uh, these are vast areas of pursuit, controversy, and unending argument from serious uh, physiological analysis. I almost said analysis. <laughs> analysis uh, to uncharted oceans and anecdotes and countless libraries of belief systems. Um, so science needs to reconcile uh, its physicalist orientation with insights of wisdom and spiritual traditions so it sounds like we're still trying to decipher what self is before we go beyond and say okay can we carry that on after death and put this into a whatever 
And I just made up robot. I'm just saying, how is it into something else? Of, like of, what? Of our choosing. Like I don't know. Maybe a cute little squirrel instead of a A Fitbit. <laughs> Fitbit. A Fitbit. They're always malfunctioning. Uh, a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. That way other people can clean up my digital you shit. You got to feed your... How about one of those little cleaning robots that vacuum your carpet when you leave your house? Oh, a Roomba. Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I definitely think that your yourself is separate from your brain. I would agree that your conscious is separate from your brain. What do you guys think? I I completely agree. <laughs> what do you mean about you, Halls? That your conscious is separate from your brain? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh. Are you saying that how are how do you mean it like define that uh so like just cognitive do you think do you think like your entire being is in your mind and if, if your brain dead like people that have out of body experiences that like see their own body and the doctors talking even though like they were brain dead. So, so basically do you think just brain activity defines you as a person or do you think there's something different? There's a different energy or aura that makes you, you and your personality that can survive outside of brain activity. Um, we've, we've discussed this before in the past and um, I believe that there is a higher self that controls everything. And, uh, holds our true emotions and thoughts and feelings. And I guess, you know, that uh, can overtake the brain and obviously allows us to function and such. But um, I think you probably never heard any. Have you heard any of the past shows, Scott? No, no. This is my first time. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And also, um, what is your favorite drive through through Wendy's? Because I love a big, bad, <laughs> double Well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make my Wendy's man on blast. <laughs> I love. Oh, yeah. Take it easy on the Wendy's employees, okay? Because they're, they're like angels. Speaking of consciousness, <laughs> Wendy's employees are angels. I just thought it was hilarious today. Uh, I needed a good laugh. I I do want to say this because you mentioned being so even when somebody's brain dead, the body's still alive. Obviously, there's brain activity because obviously you need the brain to operate the respiratory system, the cardiovascular system and so on and so forth. Um, So maybe what they mean by brain dead or uh, what they mean, but what it means is that the self has checked out. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Like, it right. confused me a little bit. Like, when you say the mind or the spirit, another- well, the spirit kind of controls the mind, and I guess it's just a vehicle. And well, do a- you need your mind? I mean, for another life? No, probably not. Have you lost your mind? Your spirit could go in. <laughs> Call this one eight hundred number. I mean, technically, if you if you really believe in reincarnation, you just need a spirit to go in, and then it probably would 
drive the next car. Right? But I imagine like so. your, yourself <laughs> drives this bag what? of flesh. <laughs> like you, you, like you, you go brain dead and like Casper Casey comes. Casey thinks I'm old already. So <laughs> Casper like seeps out of your ear and goes bye. Floats out the window. Goes into somebody else's body like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost is like. Oh! <laughs> I'm channeling Holly here. Get me a single stat and some chicken tenders. <laughs> and a cup of chili. <laughs> and after you polish it down, you're truly brain dead until you take a nap. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just kind of like a vehicle. I feel like I just <laughs> a new body, a new mind, but the same going on if it's the same spirit i still got it going on in this next body <laughs> you're on my 600 pound life oh i got it going on i might move a little slower i need you to go get me the windies because i can't get in the car <laughs> so burrito with uh, <laughs> no beef and that shit on the what uh what is he saying? Tell, uh, tell Jeremy hi. Jeremy's on speaker phone with us. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know why you ordered like the beef, the beef burrito, dollar beef burrito with extra onions and no beef. It's not a dollar, but anyways, that's technical details. <laughs> that's itself, man. See, Hanson is like pure consciousness with no brain. He's like you're in a with no anchor. Oh, jeez. He's like this artist, and he's from Detroit, and he painted it, and it was great. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> does, does Jeremy believe in um, uh, the same thing you do, Scott? I don't Well... Probably just in a little bit more socialist way because he's Canadian. <laughs> I, don't believe, I don't think any, any of it matters. Okay. <laughs> he, he, thinks, he thinks that the mind is separate from the soul, but the soul should also have free health care. <laughs> the Canadian way. And, and you know... And they both probably like Brian Adams equally. <laughs> Dancing where the stars go blue. He's <laughs> Stanley Park. You'd be nice to Brian Adams. He gave a lot of himself. I, Brian Adams, dude, that motherfucker has got so many top ten Billboard chart hits. It's unreal. He's probably slaying he pussy right now. <laughs> hey, he gave a lot of himself so you can live. Brian, Brian, he's 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 written a lot of other songs for people that people don't even know about that became huge hits. Exactly, I didn't know that. Exactly, yeah, Brian Adams, yeah, he's uh, he's huge in contemporary music. He had a studio in Gastown in Vancouver. He's a beautiful man. He he donated a lot of (laughs) money and a lot of time to make the world a better place. What have you guys done? Damn, talk about the self. Thanks for calling. Oh my god! Oh my god! You're breaking up. Thanks, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, thanks. So, oh. I'm not here anymore. I'm leaving. Bye. All right, all right, you guys. We just wanted to call in and say your podcast rules. Woo! Oh, thank thanks, you. Yeah. 
Thank you. All right, you guys have a wonderful night. We'll see. Hey, when you want to come on the show, just let Holly know, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. All right. I think think we could use a break. When we come back. More cool shit. Yeah. More Wendy's. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. Uh, I wanted to mention that today... Today's show, tonight's show, is brought to you by Audible and Amazon Company. Uh, so audiobooks are great uh, to have uh, during the summer when you're hiking, sunbathing on the beach, running, road tripping. I myself have checked out, uh, or I am in the midst of checking out, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, I've seen that book uh, so many places, um, you know, on, on airplanes and um, a lot of people um, really trying to just kick back and really uh, have different perspectives in their lives, especially when it comes to mental health. And um, I think especially for travel, um, audiobooks are great uh, for that because you should never leave church, as they say. Uh, so, so yeah. With Audible, start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash Detroit or text Detroit to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Detroit. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Or text Detroit to 500-500. And get a free credit. Your first audiobook is free. Free? Who doesn't like free things? I love free stuff. What exactly? So you said that that book is uh, about kind of getting into a different mindset? Yes. It's just the, it is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's approaching things that... Um, that we, it, it's just all about approaching things with different perspectives. Uh, I just started checking out the book. Um, I think there's a theme going on lately because I mean, well, we, we both try to get in that mindset, but, um, it seems like, like the books you brought today and, uh, the book you're talking about with Audible, um, it's just about trying to get your mind to a certain spot and, uh, sending that good energy yeah, and vibrations to get to where you want to be because we all want to truly be we all want to be happy yes truly be happy and not we, yeah, we positive want to, things like you said right positive energy yeah we, we need to allow things. ourselves to do that and it's all about allowing ourselves really i mean that's what it comes down to um i feel like we don't feel that we're we deserve some things but we really do we do um so does this book kind of walk you through how to let go of stuff you shouldn't be worrying about <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I that, bought it. I just haven't read it yet. Right. That, I mean, or that's the start of it. I'm at the start of it as well. So okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, I'll I'll tell you more about it on the next show. Okay. I'll I'll delve into that one too. I've just been eating up, um, the law of attraction right now, which I'm sure that's available on Audible. I mean, I would think so. They have basically everything else. Yeah, I did. You know, this book like jumped off the shelf at me. So and ever since, like when I posted, people were like, oh yeah, I've read that book. Like, really? I read I the secret. I haven't read the law of attraction. Is it basically along the same lines of you, Ripple? Yeah. Yeah, it's in a similar vein. Okay. Similar vein. Well, when you're done with that, I may want to borrow it. <laughs> or use you, your free credit. I download it oh, on yeah. Audible. I have yeah. two left. So, because I've had it for a few months, and each month you get like a free credit. So, anyway, text. Detroit 500 500 or go to audible.com audible slash Detroit. We're waving away. Thank, these thank you. Audible. Flies. Yes. Thank you. Audible. Thank you. Amazon. 
Uh, so some paranormal experiences may be explained by sleep paralysis, exploding oh. head syndrome. Why does what? everything come back to sleep paralysis? I feel bad for you, Casey. And what is with the <laughs> I exploding? Know. Casey syndrome. has sleep paralysis for anybody who has never listened before or just doesn't know. Um, Ugh. Sucks. Luckily, she doesn't have it every single night. No, not quite. It was just... Uh, How often does this like happen? It doesn't happen often, but when it did happen, it just kind of blew my mind. And like I once it's I started investigating it, I was like... Whoa, I'm part of this weird group. I know what I saw, damn it. She's like in Twilight. Hey, I'm not yeah. judging or questioning. No, I know, I'm I know. just saying. But, uh, if, so if you believe in the paranormal, uh, you might not be surprised to hear of stories of your deceased loved ones appearing during the night. Huge explosions heard just as someone is drifting off with no obvious cause and other peculiar experiences, occurrences. But what if you don't? My interest in the paranormal started with my impromptu coffee date with a colleague, Chris French, who research, researches uh, reports of paranormal experiences. He told me stories of countless people who had recounted such events. These experiences tended to start while lying in bed. Then something unusual would happen. Perhaps a demon would appear or the, the environment would seem strange or there would be a sensed presence. The person having this experience might also report being glued to their mattress, uh, tarmac to the bed, uh, totally unable to move. It's unsurprising that people who experience such things might interpret them as paranormal. But certain phenomena, such as sleep paralysis, provide an alternative to paranormal explanations for such occurrences, hence my interest in the subject as a sleep researcher. Now, sleep paralysis. When we sleep, we cycle through different stages. We start the night in a non-rapid eye movement, uh, which gets progressively deeper. Uh, when we cycle back until we hit rapid eye movement REM, uh, during REM sleep, we are most likely to have vivid dreams. At the stage, we are also paralyzed. Perhaps uh, a safety mechanism to stop us from acting out our dreams so that we don't end up attempting to fly. Uh, but during sleep paralysis, features of REM sleep continue into waking life. Those who experience it will feel uh, awake yet might experience dreamlike hallucinations and struggle to move. This experience is, is pretty common, uh, occurring in 8% of the people, um, although estimates uh, vary dramatically depending on who who's asking. Um, it's even possible to induce sleep paralysis in some people by disrupting their sleep in specific ways. Um, so exploding head syndrome. This is what I wanted to get to. This is so weird. So sleep paralysis aside, how else... Are sleep researchers ex helping to explain these paranormal experiences? People sometimes describe experiencing huge explosions during the night, which simply can't be explained. There is no sign that a shelf has fallen down or a car has backfired. There is no one playing electric guitar next to their bed. That's a visual. <laughs> That's a paranormal experience. Uh, again, this can be linked to our sleep this time explained by exploding head syndrome, a term coined relatively recently by neurologist JMS Pierce, spelled the wrong way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, when we fall asleep, the reticular formation of the brain stem, a part of our brain involved in the consciousness, uh, typically starts to inhabit our ability to move, see, and hear things. When we experience a bang in our sleep, this might be because of the delay in this process. Instead of the reticular formation shutting down the auditory neurons, they might fire all at once. As with sleep paralysis, this phenomenon is also under-researched. Um, imps and ghouls. Finally, what might, what might scientists make of uh, precognitive dreams? We might be, or we might dream of a friend who we haven't seen 
uh, for years, only to have them call to us the very next day. Uh, French thinks science can explain an explanation for this, too. Uh, referencing work by John Allen uh, Paulos that focuses on probabilities, he explains how such occurrence may be surprising on any single day, but over time quite likely to occur. Um, so researching uh, my book, I spoke to Mrs. Sinclair, who is 50, who lives alone. She told me about what she had thought was a ghost living in her house and enthralling her during the night uh, and other things that had left her petrified, having scientific explanations provided her with immense comfort. She no longer believes in the paranormal explanations for things uh, that she experienced. Our hope is that scientific explanations of the paranormal experiences might help others by lowering anxiety. Um, and that's, that's a big thing too, is that especially when you watch documentaries like the nightmare, um, when you start to get into the paranormal realm, knowing that you have absolutely no control, you leave losing even more sleep. It gets worse. And whenever they go to the doctor, they say it's stress, it's stress, it's stress. So by having these scientific explanations, it does sort of reroute your perspective, your thinking, and perhaps prevent, if you want to get into this realm, to this school of thought, pardon it, but it could leave you less spiritually vulnerable. Like, okay, for instance, demon possession, all right? We see it a lot in the Catholic Church, the most faithful of people. Mm -hmm. And in small children, blind faith. Yet we see an infiltration of dark spirits. So what if you're totally science-minded, totally cut off from that? Then does that leave you less spiritually vulnerable? No. Eh, Okay. To an extent. Yeah. To an extent. If you if you don't it's like Freddy Krueger if you don't believe it, right? It's not coming after you. True. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. <laughs> um, speaking of, are you guys gonna see Slenderman? Mm-hmm. The movie. I didn't see any of the. When does it come out? Uh, previous for this. Hmm. We should all go as a group. I'm down. Check. Can we Nemo go to the check. movie theater that has drinks and food, though? <laughs> She's like, oh, the imagine theater? Yeah. <laughs> As we'll sneak we in the food. The I'll buy you the drinks. All right. I'm not paying for both. Um, I mean, I'll buy wait, the drinks. Showtime's tomorrow, or August 21st. Bullshit. So what's going on already? What? Girl, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> Dang. Work uh, somebody on I. Well, okay. Holy shit. Slender Man got a one and a half star review <laughs> on IMDb out of yes. 2,726 volts. Whatever. I'm still going to watch that cheesy oh, shit. Oh, one. Dang. I one and a half. Now go. Turn around. Run. <laughs> now I'm dying to see it just because it's so horrible. <laughs> right? Um. So my big question is the girls who were convicted, are they going to be in it? The two young girls? Oh. they. You know what? They might show... I wonder if they have license or uh, uh, permission to show some footage from the court case. Just like flashes of probably in the opening credits. If you're clueless right now and you have no idea who Slenderman is or who these girls are Kill that yourself. we're speaking of. I don't. Slenderman is a fictional character. And I'm watching the trailer right now. <laughs> Wait, you know. Because we talked about Slenderman. I know, but I have a really shitty memory because I smoke a lot of <laughs> Slender Man was something that was made up on creepypasta.com. Uh, it was a fictional story about a Slender Man just, just appears 
Um, some people see it, and once you see Slender Man, something bad happens. Oh. So he hides out in the woods, apparently, in the story. And these two girls who were teenagers, um, the one convinced the other that they needed to kill their friend because Slender Man was going to kill her family if she didn't kill her friend. And that's what Slender Man said to her in her brain. That's what she said. Oh, wait. She stabbed her. So, These were the two girls that yeah, murdered yeah, the one girl, yeah. right? So she's still oh, alive. shit. I didn't make. The, I didn't know they made she, a movie out of it. Yeah, well, she, out of she Slender did. Man. Yeah. yeah, out of the character, but not the actual events. Right. Not but that, yeah, yeah, she drug herself to the end of the highway and somebody picked her up. They were. Um, they went to a park. Yeah, I remember. In the bathroom, yeah, she stabbed her and left her for dead. But she crawled out, and somebody found her on the side of the road, and and that saved her life. But can I just say, good for you, girl? (laughs) Then then the girl thought that they were all going to be friends still, and didn't understand. No, you tried (laughs) to kill me. (laughs) You're alive still, so I guess we can be friends, right? No, 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 that's not how it works. Mm -mm. And her mom had to be like, I had to tell her. That she couldn't be friends with her. Like, like it was sad. Like, I mean, okay, if that crazy. was my daughter, like, oh, you're talking about the girl who tried to kill her. The girl mom. who tried to kill the other yeah. girl, she thought that she could be, still be friends with the girl that Mm-mm. she tried to kill because no. she was alive. Yeah. <laughs> and and her mom, mom had to be like, no, honey, you're not never going to see her ever again. Man, that girl's eight shades of crazy, huh? So, so, yeah. uh, so I was just making a joke like, Hey, did they get to a part in the movie? Since uh, you know, <laughs> they probably uh, you guys gave are that movie shit. gave that uh, story even more attention. And that's probably one of the big reasons why the mo- movie was made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was already a little bit popular, but then these girls, you know, try to kill their friend, and well, they own some money, don't they? <laughs> so, um. Yeah, so Slender Man's creepy, and even though it's fictional, I mean, obviously people are taking it to extremes, and hopefully this movie doesn't create more of that. <laughs> I mean, please don't. <laughs> well, that was another thing. Like, when I was reading that Law of Attraction book, they talked about why there's so many copycat uh, crimes. Are you know They say the media doesn't help because not only are they giving people ideas, it does attract this sort of vibrational energy to that thing whereas you know in the old days it wasn't one crime the style of it was not that widespread like for instance now this is not i am not saying that this is the cause of school shootings but let's consider that when the media gets on something it gets uh, when it gets a lot of attention you see more and more of it I'm just saying. Let's just put that out there. Agreed. So uh, the media does make everything worse. Um, but I'm not saying that's the sole reason. There's a lot of reasons behind that. But it was just per example. But yeah, and everybody wants their five minutes. People are crazy. I mean, not everybody, but... Uh, uh, I want it for different reasons. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to kill anybody. Do no harm, people. Do no harm. You can give her five minutes to do no harm. So... Not to switch topics, but before I forget, did you guys know that um, there was, <laughs> it makes me laugh because we talked about a blood painting in the past. <laughs> Wasn't it grandma in the blood painting? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I brought this for my grandson. I brought this because it matched my nails. It matched my blood and nail polish, yes. We were like, who, buy, who buys a blood painting? Well, grandma. Uh, once again. 
No! Zach? That was a grandma? <laughs> Different grandma. No, it wasn't a grandma. But once again, Zach Bagan makes the news. If you don't know who Zach Bagan is, mm. he is from Ghost Adventures. He is someone that loves to like kind of push the envelope and do things that are a little shocking to some people. Because he loves all things creepy and he has a museum of haunted artifacts in Las Vegas. Well, last time he was... YouTube (laughs) channel. What was that? I need a YouTube channel so I can afford all (laughs) kinds of shit I don't need. (laughs) Last time he was in the news uh, for something similar to this, he had bought Marilyn... Or, what was it? Marilyn Manson? No, Marilyn Manson. What am I talking about? Charles Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Manson is still alive. Well, but not Charles, murdering not people. Well, but. <laughs> Charles Manson's teeth. He bought Charles Manson's teeth. This time he buys a blood painting. So, um, but the blood was actually from the artist who made it. It's a painting of Charles Manson, and supposedly he had found ashes of Charles Manson that was spread out and use the ashes for the eyes of the painting. So use his own blood in the painting, and then he used Charles Manson's ashes in the eyes. Stop it. Um, This painting was sold for $2,000. So That's cheap. I don't know. I was thinking that too. That's really cheap. <laughs> um, so Zach Bagan bought it, and it says that Ryan Almighty was the artist. Um, his blood was used... Uh, for the painting, and then Mance's ashes to fill in Mason's eyes. I mean, yeah, Mason's eyes. Um, so I can show you guys the picture of the painting. Oh God! What what website is that? So uh, this is TMZ that I'm looking at right now. Um, let me see that up close. I gotta see that. I gotta see that. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? So this picture of Charles Manson's face. He's got a little X on his forehead. Um, and the eyes are crazy. I mean, Ooh. Charles Manson probably looked crazy like that. Anyways, That's blood. And his ashes are the eyes. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Sounded like Napoleon died. Right? Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, but would you guys... I think, well, I mean, we already discussed this in the past, but would you ever buy a painting like this? No, that's like hanging a giant feminine napkin on your wall. <laughs> Basically, but more murdery. Yeah, because, I mean, like, even if you used a lacquer over it or anything like that, there's blood on your wall. And in the summertime, that's going to, that your seems- whole house is going to smell like corpse. That seems unsanitary. It's very unsanitary. So, supposedly, in his, um, museum several people have thrown up while they've been in there because of the energy oh probably because of the smell (laughs) (laughs) the energy they said they become overwhelmed they get dizzy and then they throw up or pass out it's the smell of dead body so i've never been to las vegas but if i go which casey just went and i tried to get her to go but she was too busy at the con that she was attending um i tried to get her to go to this museum because i really wanted to live through her while she went, yeah, because that's where I would want to go. I'd be like, know. girl, girl, it stinks in here. And Zach, Zach actually, he lives in Las Vegas, so sometimes he pops in and he'll say hi to people. Um, 
but that's not really the main reason why I want to go. I just wanted to go because I want to see what there is actually to offer. I want to see. I want to see if I can actually feel <laughs> what they're talking about. But that um, that's the museum that has the doll. Uh, what's it, what's her name? Oh, Annabelle. Yeah, uh, Annabelle. Yeah, I'm never going there. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I think it is Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah. The rag doll. Yeah. Because the Museum of the Occult, didn't they have to... They, um, they had to move? They had to do a, like a, they had to do a ceremony thing, a, a holy making... When, because I, got, I showed you guys the video where they had to transfer her over to an, a different container. Because the building that they were in, they had to move out of. Right. So they had to put her into... The case that she was in was not one that could travel it was made to not go anywhere i'd be like well so they, had to, tra- they had to put her into there. a travel case so to make sure that her the evil spirit didn't leave it they had to do a holy water th- whole thing and a prayer over as they were they transported her in from one case into another uh, i'd be like no i'm not i'm not being a part of that <laughs> casey wants to participate <laughs> i signed you up thanks thank you hallie <laughs> So while you're in Las Vegas, you're I'm going in a hazmat to, uh... suit. Like, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> it's like Darth Vader. Like walk- I, I was thinking more of walking on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> this is one small step for the occult. <laughs> Who needs blood for the painting? Because I'm ready to do some art. <laughs> How am I going to make $2,000? Two thousand dollars. Ashes do I need? I, you know, like Kelly, we could do a painting, and she charged like five grand for it. Two grand for you? Come on, That's y'all. Really cheap. Damn, you guys got cheap. Like good gravy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how much she paid for the teeth, which I'm uh, was a lot more. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> two grand. <laughs> I'll give you two grand. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't have two grand in my name right now. But... Two grand. Me either, I mean, but in the grand scheme of shit, that is not a lot of money. It's a lot of money you know, to us right now, but... I'm sure Zach has way more money than that. <laughs> he could have charged him a lot more, and Zach would have paid it. Uh, oh. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Made him famous, right? Right. For his art. Yeah, most definitely. I guarantee his paintings aren't going to be two grand anymore. And that's not <laughs> right. even with ashes and blood in it and <laughs> teeth. Was teeth. Um, it was uh, just blood and the, te- the teeth was were oh, um, yeah. bought. They were all previously. So how did okay? So how does one obtain the ashes to do that? Was he just near the ceremony and like the wind blew it, or? Um, he said that. The guy who managed um, to get some of Manson's ashes when they were spread in a Kelly forest. So I want to see pictures. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't know. Part of me is not buying it. Not buying that part anyway. Where's my certificate that this is authentic? (laughs) Before I. And how do you like? Where did the? How do you paint in your own blood? So do you just? take a knife go down your forearm and you just use that as like a palette and just keep going with the brush back to your just keep dabbing arm. it <laughs> so dab gross. paint dab paint so you had the hookup of when they were going to spread out the ashes then you went there and collected them you as soon the as they threw up. them down 
TMZ gave me the hookup. <laughs> he was hiding behind a tree. <laughs> Ran right? out, scooped up some ashes. Made I mean, a blood how pain. did he get the ashes? Because all that guy's followers, you know, probably I'm sure he still has some fans nowadays. Yeah, what gave him VIP? Yeah. Everybody's grabbing it out of the air. Like, the you'd have to pry like... that out of their dead <laughs> cold hands. Some money. <laughs> 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 so weird, folks. You know, I'm really gullible, so I didn't really question until you mentioned something. <laughs> and then I was like, no, wait People a second. Just believe it. Especially for two grand. I'm like, that's not the real ash. That's probably not no. even real blood. He just smoked <laughs> a bunch of cigarettes and kept ash in the candy. I was like, here's the ashes, Charles Manson. <laughs> Why does he smell like Mavericks? <laughs> this painting smells like tampon and Mavericks. <laughs> I, it's like... <laughs> Satan's air freshener. <laughs> Ew. That's so gross. <laughs> on the Mavericks. Grandma bought this paint. It's cursed. Thanks, Grandma. Grandma. Grandma's jealous <laughs> of the the ashes and this blood painting. Mine didn't come with any ashes. <laughs> Upgrade. Let me upgrade you. <laughs> uh, so let's see. We got 10 minutes. Just what's been going on with you? Yeah, I was just about to say that. You've been quiet. Dude, my life is not exciting. Please talk amongst yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wish mine was a little less exciting. Like, I got way too much going on, girl. <laughs> mine is just work, but it's not like, I mean, work here is fun, you know. But then I leave and my personal life's really boring, which is amazing amazing because it was super dramatic before that. Well, that's so, the thing. This is like Enjoy nice the silence, honey. I, I really am. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying there's nothing to report. I went off my diet, gained like 10 pounds back because I ate all the cake and Didn't ice cream sick? and cookies like, and honeys in the world. You mm. got sick and then. Yeah. During, I didn't feel like cooking. The, I mean, and then I just ate literally everything. Sick, I... And I'm like, oh, I'm cheating every day. I'm like, oh, I'm cheating on my diet. So I'll just inhale everything in sight, all the carbs. And the next day, I'm like, I'm cheating again. We are very. And it's been like three weeks. And I'm like, it's really not cheating anymore. I'm just not dieting anymore. Right. I'm gaining weight back. <laughs> three years later, I'm it, cheating. I'm cheating on this diet. You know, I mean, basically. To shift perspective, like we've been talking about, we are all very blessed people. Oh, very much. Well, I'm not know, complaining. I'm I know my life like, is boring, and I'm actually really fine with that. Right, right. Because I mean, this is an awesome job. You know, yes, I love where I, I work. Love it here. I love that I'm a published author. Holly has an amazing job. She's going to be an entrepreneur soon, hopefully. She's got a lot. <laughs> I guess she can fix your animals. Yes, she's. She has a very rewarding job on both sides of her job. You know, being a vet tech massage therapist. We're doing all right, guys. I get powers of help from my friends. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like you said, putting... Lately, it is putting the thought process out there and not being negative and just... I think, too, that the more positive you think and keep pushing out the negative, it does help spread and just encourages you and makes you override anything that goes against you right i have to agree i i know this sounds funny but i sort of just feel like everything's going to work out the way that i need and want and desire it to 
if that makes any sense. So I'm not really stressed out about it anymore. Well, that's perfect I, because that makes you right. Yeah. I, so. I also, sorry, Justin, I didn't mean to come no. cut you off. I also see it as um, proof for me that it is about positive thinking and that positive thinking attracts positive things is that all the people in my life lately, since I've been in a certain mindset, all kind of connect the way that I like it to. Like everyone close to me lately or that I meet has a lot of things going on. Um, they're very driven. They're, they want to meet certain goals and people who are inspiring because I think that what I'm looking for too with my circle of friends is to help ins- inspire me as well and to see all the things about them that I might not personally have sometimes and then I am inspired by that. And well, so I yeah. think like people attract. Yeah. So you tend to hang out with people who kind of are similar to you in the sense in that sense. Well, I always so, look to you for faith when I'm I'm dragging. You know, like today you were like, "Stop panicking, it's gonna work out." Oh like, yeah, when I always forget this that. Morning. Yeah, I'm like I always forget that. Me and you, like when we're together, we're magical. <laughs> like we make shit happen. Like the whole David Byrne thing. I'm like we just make shit happen. Like it's going to happen because we say we will it. So we well, were meeting that, David Byrne. Boom, like, we met David Byrne. <laughs> Afterwards, I was just like, in my head, I'm like, okay, they're. There could be a big chance of us. It's not happening, but I just don't feel that. I feel like persistence is the key. And if you have persistence and you believe it'll happen, most time it will. And if it doesn't, I mean, that's the risk you take. But I don't have a lot of doubt. So no, it was worth the risk. Yeah. So um, and that's just the way that I've been thinking lately, and, and it's been helping. But um, it's nice because. Lately, I've just been looking at everyone around me, and and the nice thing is that, like I said, I can see everything that someone has that I don't have, and and appreciate that, and value that, and I see what how we're like and how we're different, and what I would like to do to try to be like. There's a lot of people in my life who have different strengths that I don't have sometimes, and it's nice to to equal each other out, to, to inspire each other to kind of get to a certain point. So. That's what friends are for. Um, and it really is true. I mean, the people that you surround yourself with is going to make you or break you. Yeah, you are the company you keep. It's a universal law. To me, anyway. It really, really is. So... That being said, um, so yeah, get to that higher, higher plane, guys. Do you feel that way, Jess, too? Yeah. I'm very, very, very picky with my friends now, and I want them to, I don't know, sort of reflect qualities that I have in myself. Some of them, the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you have friends and you have, you know, I mean acquaintances and such but um i feel like usually 
it balances itself out and in the people that are i don't know that are meant to uh stick around stick around and and help you grow yeah absolutely People come and go in our lives for a reason. I mean, they come for a reason, they go for a reason. Um, but don't discount any experience. It was all for a reason. But I, I still go back to what Aaron said. Um, my friend Aaron, he had, I told Casey, like, did you see this post that he had put up? Because Casey follows him too. And sometimes it it's like we have to look at things and, and realize that there's a... Uh, <laughs> There's a harshness too. Like, if you put someone down, sometimes you have to think, well, why did I attract that in my life? Obviously, there's something going on with me that made me attract that. And then break it down from there. Like, well, why did I attract this? Or, um, because we send out vibrations to the world, to the earth, and then they come back. So if we do have anything negative that comes into our lives, like why are why are we having this come to us and why are we having this attached Why aren't we able to, you know? So uh, I think about those things too because that is interesting. Because he was talking about um, soul suckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a real thing. And he was like, well, <laughs> we could say people are soul suckers, but why are, they, why are they keep getting attracted to us, you know? Uh, the weak need the strong to survive. That's right. Just, you know, <laughs> feeding off you, you're the host. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's a difference for you strong people out there, just from personal experience of helping somebody get up and back on their feet and letting them literally, okay, maybe not literally, but kind of suck the life out of you. Don't yeah. do that. You can't be the giving tree. No. I always use the giving tree analogy. You can't just be left a stump. You can help people yeah. out, but... Don't let them take all your fruit. Mm-hmm. Need some of that for yourself. I know that you just left being like, thanks. You just have no more to give. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Ugh. <laughs> Go do something like, positive do you tomorrow, like end, guys. End a friendship, and you're like, Whew. I remember one time you were telling me a long time ago you ended a friendship with this one girl that was kind of like, I mean, oh, she yeah. was cool at first, and then she came like kind of weird. And it came like a clingy situation. She's and afterwards you were like, I feel a lot of like weight lifted off. Yeah, I feel like this total change of this vibrational change. Cut her off. Like, please just leave me alone. So weird. But there are people <laughs> like that. And I feel bad for them. Codependent. Codependent, not even in relationships, but in any relationship. Like, you know, friendship, you know, what have you. That's They need somebody to feel valid. And I think we've all felt like that at one point in our lives, but this person was, gosh, that 100% of the time. It was weird. Very strange. But, um, but yeah, guys, think positive, attract good vibes. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but positive vibes, positive life. I mean, it only makes sense. Universal law. So, all right, I think we can wrap up. So, uh, check about, <laughs> can't talk. <laughs> check about. out Audible. Audible. Detroit. Text Detroit to 500-500, right? Yes, ma'am. And uh, what was that book called again that you were the talking about? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. All right, Check guys. Again, I'm Casey Pierce. I'm Holly. Jess. Good night, guys.